Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Brandon Vogel does join us, as, as mentioned by Elijah. Um, so... And Tuck chimes in with, I think Matt Rule asked the question, what are we missing constantly? Mm-hmm. Fair point. Brandon, if, 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 we are to, if we are to look at where Nebraska is at under Rule and where they are going and what we just talked about with each of the coaches that have failed to achieve sort of, well, both certainly achieved the nine-win thing. <laughs> it's either here or there. But if you consider yourself a nine-win program and that's the standard – that's the minimum standard. That's sort of the baseline expectation, I think, for most fans. It's round nine wins. Baseline. Could be wrong on that, but I think that's still Tom established that. Frank continued it. Bo hit there. That's, I think, how fans, right or wrong, kind of view the program. Can you think of anything, if you had to pick thing, something, that Nebraska might be missing or that we might be missing right now that could prevent Nebraska from being that? Um, no, which, which alarms me a little bit because if you'd asked me the same question at the stage of, of any of the recent coaches after their first season, I don't know if I would have had one. Um, the one with rule, and it's not missing something, I think it's just an unknown is, I don't know if we know what, the ceiling is for uh, a rural program because well, after the Illinois game, he, he mentioned specifically, you know, Pat Riley and, and the innocent climb of teams as they try to get better. And, and it is not that that's easy by any means. I mean, we've seen uh, two people, the last two people at Nebraska kind of not be able to do it. Um, but it, it's a, it's a different skill set than, being I guess what I'm trying to say is at the point that he got Baylor to the top of the Big 12 he he chose to go to the NFL which is his you know his right to do absolutely at the point that he got Temple to -to back-to-back conference titles he progressed up the ladder and went to went to Baylor so I think at Nebraska you know it's it's weird to look back at the the Pelini years because I think most people would agree with you Mark that that that's like what Pelini did is kind of what everybody says they'd be happy with right now. Right. And, and the comparison we always used in the past was like, oh, you know, maybe Nebraska is not a national title title contender the way that the way they were under Osborne debate. Games changed a lot since then. Um, but at that point, the, the better comparison to me, what, what Bo Pelini had Nebraska to, and, and this might <laughs> fall on people's ears a little harshly, but uh, close coaching contemporary of his, Nebraska was kind of Kentucky at that point. Mark Stoops, Kentucky now. And it, as we look at these bigger conferences, the Power Two and the SEC and the Big Ten, is is Nebraska – if Nebraska is Kentucky, are, are people content with that? Because I think Rule will have the opportunity to jump up, you know, when things kind of align. It's just I, I don't see Nebraska consistently being a program that's going to recruit top four or five teams in an in a 18-team Big Ten. 
Can they, can can they develop, right? That's, that's where you may not get the, the, the ready-made, you may not always go get a Riola. That's kind of cool to say if you're a Nebraska yeah. fan. Although but, there is another another one waiting in the wings. Sure. So, but <laughs> you actually might. But can, can, you, can you find a guy yeah. who's a kid who ended up going to Ohio State? The kid out of Texas, defensive lineman. I, I'm forgetting his name off the top of my head. Sure, but, but, yeah. but they were uh, in. Carlon Jones. Yeah, yeah. Carlon Jones went from. Good, really good, and is really good ball player out of Texas. Nebraska was first in on him, and everyone else is like, "Oh, damn!" <laughs> you know, and and Nebraska twelfth hour loses him to Ohio State. That's where a keep those guys that you discover early, uh, but I think that's that's where Nebraska can be better than everybody else. They can be right. They can be right. We know, we think we know that they can develop, but uh, the Hassan Reddicks of the world, that, that glaring example that's ripping off double-digit sack numbers for you from Temple, from Rule, no, I think that's, that's your, your kind of differentiator for Nebraska is, uh, okay, be able to go get some of your ready-made dudes and make sure they do well and, and then get the word out. And then also go find your, your gems, develop, and have the best of both worlds, right? I mean, uh, that's what, what worked for Saban. He got the best talent, but he also, uh, you know, a three-star Alabama <laughs> was pretty damn good too. And you just kind of kind of reload and develop, and, and guys are ready when they're there. That Vogue's the way you put things there, man, uh, with Nebraska's ceiling, that was, that was awesome. And what I'd like to know is – with Nebraska, okay, say Nebraska gets back to be in Nebraska where there's consistency, there's big wins at home, and as good as Nebraska's been with Osborne, with Devaney, it wasn't – it felt like it towards the end of their tenures, but Nebraska wasn't always a, a great road team. They're not going on the road and beating a top-five team. It just didn't happen. It's hard for teams to do that even back during their era. But can Nebraska get to the mountaintop, and then can you stay, right? Because we saw Rule climb up to, to Temple, and we saw him climb up at Baylor like you laid out, and then it's on to the NFL. So can you what, – what, you know, where, where are you at? Where's your, your zip code at in this Big Ten once you kind of get out of that 6-6, six and 5-7 six, and seven realm as you make your climb? You know, where, where's your place in the Big Ten? Right now, because your top four, top five, you're 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 a, a playoff discussion point. Yeah, and I and I think that's probably where Nebraska, uh, if if things go if things go well, that's that's probably where it should live. Where um, you're not, you know, I did a thing on just yesterday looking at the national title odds. Not because we're talking national title um, or, or anything. Um, but just to see, cause it's kind of a pecking order in the big 10 and, and Nebraska had the eighth best odds tied with, with Iowa and, and UCLA coming in. So that kind of gives you an idea of where Vegas uh, views them right now. And I, and I think that's a good starting point for a year two under Matt rule from there. Can you progress to consistently being five, six, like that team that's five, six right now. Well, it's Penn state. 
is, you know. So, I mean, that seems like still a pretty another big step away. But I, I do think Nebraska could get there, um, you know, on the – you mentioned a, a lot of good points, Schmitty, there uh, that had me thinking. Uh, the, in terms – Nebraska has to be a development program. And I think the difference is with the – when you have the high-end talent. So even somebody like Saban, you can be a development – a good developer. And, and I would say Georgia is too. Um, that's what makes them – near unstoppable in, in, in a real context of, of today's college football, but you're going to have, so when we look at the peer development programs in Iowa, a Kentucky, um, a Wisconsin, for the most part, those teams do have the kind of their, their swoons, even though they're very good at developing, it's mostly a thing of timing. Like if you have a small recruiting class or you, you get hit with a slate of injuries, you might be bringing along that next wave and they might be on pace ahead of pace but it still just becomes kind of a timing thing where, yeah, Kentucky bounces along at eight, nine wins, and then it drops, you know, it has a five and seven or a six and six. And we've seen the same thing happen at Iowa. And that's just the difference that I, I don't know if you can coach your way around just having a little bit more talent that can paper over some of those, sure. some of those lean years. Um, so that's, that's kind of, I think where Nebraska is at, I think that's, that's completely fair. And I think Matt rule is, is a coach that, that wants to do it that way. Part of the reason I don't know if we know what his ceiling is, is timing. You know, he, he progressed very quickly and that kind of precluded that. I mean, we saw Baylor had a pretty long tail after he left in terms of being pretty good, um, which, which is, indicates that that team was, was built to win for a, a little bit had he stayed. Um, but you know, Nick Saban, Nick Saban lost all four games in November, his first year, 2007, Alabama. So if we want to just go that you. way, we can say, we can say, uh, <laughs> we can say, <laughs> we can say that's where Nebraska's headed. Yeah. Well, let's say that then. That's, that's beautiful. Uh, Brandon, you you have studied attrition extensively, more, more so than anybody I've ever read, <clears throat> and uh, really landed on, I, I am paraphrasing here, you will know this better, but just to kind of get into the question a little bit, but Nebraska um, essentially suffered greater attrition numbers in terms of just keeping players on the roster that you had recruited um, at a really alarming clip. Uh, more so than most programs in the country, uh, you know, anywhere from, I, I want to say it was north of 35% if you averaged it out over a fair amount of time. Um, I mean, that's over a third of your players are transitioning out. And I think under Frost, it probably even got worse. And that was before the transfer portal era had really taken hold. That was before NIL. Now, with those things where everybody is suffering a little bit more attrition, it seems like Matt Rule is actually stemming that tide against kind of the grain. Are, are, are you seeing it that same way where despite everything saying that your, your attrition is probably going to be worse, it, it seems like Matt's actually making it better for Nebraska right now. Are you seeing the same thing? Yeah, I, I would definitely say so. So, you know, to set kind of the baseline during the Big Ten years pre-transfer portal, Nebraska lost 40% of its 40. every 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 scholarship class. Um, wow. Like, it was just, that's, that's what it was going to be. And, you know, it, it wasn't drastically higher, I would say. So I looked at kind of the similar Big Ten programs. And, and the average there was like 33, 34. So, so Nebraska was about six or seven points 
points higher, but you know, that, that adds up over, over a period. And, and, and I think it was, you know, Nebraska has to, it has to be a national recruiter. Um, and, and I looked at all of these factors, like when did players sign? Um, how far away did they have to travel to, to, to play at Lincoln? And, you know, the farther away you get from Lincoln, those guys transfer to increased rate. It just makes sense. Like if you're yeah. from Miami, Lincoln's a lot different. It's a lot easier to get, to get homesick. Um, so I would, I would guess, and it's still so early that, you know, the, the numbers kind of haven't settled themselves out. I would guess most teams are, are going to average probably closer to 50 in, in the transfer portal era. Um, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, you remove that restrictor, which, you know, in my personal opinion is, is good and probably should have been the case in college football for a long time, but that that's what it's going to be. Um, and so far, for, for Matt Rule to to do that, and I'm forgetting what is I mean, well, it's 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 really been too early to have a meaningful attrition rate in either of his his sure. recruiting classes. Um, but just the number of guys that were on the roster when he arrived that didn't depart, I think tells you uh, he had a pretty good message. And then we've seen it again. So we we've had two two December transfer windows with him now, where Nebraska's lost some guys, um, lost some guys who. You know, we're, we're contributors. And Ernest Hausman is easily the biggest one in terms of like pure pure talent, and that seemed just like one of those where new guys showed up, and circumstances were such that Ernest had had a lot of opportunities. What are you going to do? Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think so far, and, and and that's you know, we talk about what's what are we missing here in terms of you know potential prat balls or weaknesses. That might be something where it's just too early to tell. Uh, that that's a potential strength. Like if you a team that can can consistently uh, hold on to the players it hand selects as as high school players or even as transfers with multiple years, uh, is it probably has a pretty big advantage going forward. Brandon, mm-hmm. to move from from hypothetical to reality, as you look at spring football this year with attrition, there, there's going to be some attrition. That's expected with what your roster number looks like right now. Where should Husker fans expect to see attrition here this spring? What areas of the field do you see that that competition factor guys are going to understand there's not going to be an easy path to the field and they're probably going to have to hit the portal if they want to get some playing time? Well, where do you see that as you, you forecast spring football right now? Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing, well, just based on numbers, I would look towards the secondary slash back seven. I mean, and, and this is part of their recruiting plan. Like they'll bring these guys in that are athletes or might be listed as wide receiver or might be listed as DB and end up playing wide receiver. They're like, well, we'll figure it out. Um, and that's that's good and that's intriguing. And I think, you know, long term, uh, when you add up profits and losses there, you can you can come out ahead. But there are going to be some losses just as you're trying to figure that all out. Um, I forget how many DBs like DBs are by far in terms of the numbers listed on the roster. They've got a ton of them. So I would expect there to be some sorting there. I would expect there to be some, some departures there from, from players who are maybe caught in a little bit of a middle ground of like, they're not veterans who have experienced, but they've been on campus a couple of years um, because they brought in, you know, a slew of, a slew of guys. The competition level is just really high there. Um, quarterback i don't i mean i don't know if i would expect attrition there other than it's you should always like 
put a little, yeah, you might lose a quarterback off to the side. Um, <clears throat> that would obviously be a big one because Nebraska only has three right now. Running back would be one too with a couple of guys coming off of injury in particular um, to, to see what happens there. But for the most part, I don't, I don't expect a ton on offense because there's a lot of opportunity on offense to make your case and, and get on the field right now. Did you guys see what Dan Lanning had told the Ryan Rosillo show? Uh, I'm sharing it right now here. <clears throat> if you're watching in the stream, don't know if you can see that. But tell me how familiar this looks, by the way. He says, I think at the end of the day, the Big Ten is going to have to prepare, to prepare for us and what we do differently in the league. What's up with these Oregon guys, That's, man? Uh, fa- famous last words there, right? <laughs> You're not allowed to say that. And then you look at – and then you went into the schedule and thinking that, oh, you know, schedules you – know, There's some winnable games there, Mark. Let I me mean, look yeah. at the schedule. They got Ohio State. They got to go to Michigan. They got to go to Wisconsin. Um, it's – yeah, wow. What are they going to learn? Uh, but as, as somebody, Brandon, who studies the uh, – the sport of college football is much or more than anybody. When you look at Oregon and you look at how they translate and how they're constructed, do, do you look at them as, no, they actually might be a pretty good outlier that could withstand a Big Ten schedule? Or do you look at it more like, mm, nope, you're, you're going to take some lumps because of just the unfamiliarity and the general trench warfare nature of the Big Ten? Yeah, they're they're the team that I'm probably of the of the four newcomers that I'm the least worried about the transition to the Big Ten. Um, in two seasons under Lanning, they've, I mean, he's he he spent time as a GA at Alabama. He was an assistant at at Georgia. Like they're they're kind of built like an SEC team to a degree we haven't seen at Oregon. They're really physical, and they return a ton this year. They're basically the second pick in the Big Ten right now behind Ohio State, which is kind of loaded for bear, um, even more so than Ohio State. Ohio State is every year. Um, so, well, yes, that's that's a uh, <laughs> a hair-raising echo from, from the Frost era for all of us. I, I kind of buy it a little bit from from Lanning. Um, he's, mm-hmm. he's pretty – well, he's extremely competent. He's – 18 and eight against the spread in two years at Oregon, which is a number I look at not for any betting purposes, but just because I'm like, are you exceeding expectations? Um, and he, and he has, I mean, we look at it, the team that the team that beat him twice this year, Washington was kind of more classically pac 12. Um, mm. So I think they'll, I think they'll be okay, particularly in year one uh, with this transition to the big 10. Hmm. Brendan Vogels with his counter read, counterread.com. We're talking uh, Nebraska, their trajectory, and uh, the new look Big Ten. Also, uh, something Elijah touched on going from that hy- hypothetical to reality. Vogue's going to switch off to, to some Nebraska basketball. Big four game stretch, one at a t- time for Fred and company for sure. But they're uh, off to Maryland today. Wisconsin looms Thursday. Top 10 Illinois uh, next week. And then Northwestern, who's a pain in the neck, especially in their gym. Uh, right now, Nebraska on the right side of the bubble. You look at most projections. How do you? Wh- what do you believe about this basketball team that Fred has? 
Um, I mean, they're a well-constructed team. Um, they, <clears throat> when they, when they have a little bit of an edge, um, we, we've seen them be, be pretty good. And I, I wouldn't call them like a, a front running team. Well, I mean, we've just seen it in the home road split, you know, in that you get that, you get that home crowd behind you and they don't have some of the lapses and lulls that we've, we've seen on the road today with those four games that you just mentioned, the start of that today is, is essential. Um, Maryland, I would view as, as pretty equivalent from a like pure ability slash power perspective as, as Nebraska, uh, you got to go to, go to their place and, and win a game because then, like you said, you've got two, two teams that are top 10 or top 12 in Ken Palm, uh, in, in Illinois and Wisconsin back to back. And then, Oh, uh, a tough road trip to, to Northwestern, um, uh, Nebraska's on the right side of the bubble right now. Uh, you can't come out of this stretch Oh, and four. And it's not, it's not a given, I think, based on what we've seen from Nebraska so far that, uh, I guess put it this way. I'm not penciling in any guaranteed wins out of that. Nebraska's going to have to go out and do it. Fair to say, though, Brandon, in your opinion, that in the next four, I don't think Nebraska could get bumped off of the bubble into uh, an NIT-type berth, but in the next four, they could lock up a potential NCAA tournament berth. Is that a fair statement over the next four, or am I underplaying the, the impact of losing all four? I think if you, I think if they lost all, all four, you'd you'd be you'd be pretty nervous at that point. I mean, there's still plenty of season left after that, plus plus a conference tournament. Um, but if we look at, you know, if we check bracketology today and we checked it after a four game losing streak, I, I suspect they'd probably be on the outside. That said, um, in terms of locking it up, um, I don't know if that's totally on the table either. If you were to go, you know, three and one, you get this one against Maryland, you, you get a tough road win at Northwestern and you knock off one of Wisconsin or Illinois. Yeah. Then we're, then, you, then we're, you're moving up the list rather, rather than down, which is, which is fairly obvious. I don't know if it would guarantee they're in, but you add another top 10 win to the, to their resume and, and two others on top of that. Um, and, and Nebraska's sitting in a pretty good spot. Yep. Looking at Nebraska's next four, it's uh, at Maryland today at 11. Then you're home with Wisconsin at Illinois, then at Northwestern. And you don't see any gimmies there, really. I mean, at any point. Um, But if it's an 0-4, certainly possible. It's kind of over at that point, right? Don't don't you think in terms of the bubble? If you're 2-2, still in the conversation, kind of feels like. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I mean, I don't know. Like, 0 and 4 would be real tough. Um, yeah. and, and I don't think that 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 will happen. Um, Nebraska has has shown enough to think that they'll 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 be in some of these. But, you know, for the most part, I mean, minus Wisconsin and Illinois, where where both opponents will be favored by a, a decent amount. The other two are kind of coin flips in, in my mind. So um, Nebraska should be able to come out of this, I think, with their their tournament hopes uh, still still alive. It's just a matter of are they are they trending trending negatively or trending positively? Hmm. Bogues, I want to throw an NFL question at you before we leave. What do you believe about Belichick and the job market? I mean, I'm fascinated by some of the narrative out there. 
you know, the game has passed him by. He wants too much control. You look at it, okay, the, the, the job to get Harbaugh got. When you look at, yeah, they're aging, but there's also that young quarterback with, with Herbert, and that's, that's really a good spot. Uh, you've seen some of the hires in the coaching carousel with the NFL. And do you, do you think he's out there? And I, I was just Rex Ryan uh, throughout the fact, all right, if you're the Bills, do you go get Belichick? Do you move on from McDermott? If you're Dallas and Jerry, do you let Bill kind of sit out there and if, if it's another repeat with McCarthy, do you bring him in? I don't, you know, there's, there's thoughts that Andy Reid might hang it up after this season, whenever that season ends, could be tomorrow. Do you, you bring Bill in because the, 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 the locker room wants the enemy back if, if Andy Reid moves on. So I'm just kind of fascinated to get your take as you look at the Belichick personality, the track record. I mean, he wants to, to go match Brady for, for Super Bowls. That said, um, he is a different guy with his track record of, you know, fifth round and beyond draft picks the last five to seven years compared to his first 15. Yeah, I think that's that's ultimately the issue, um, you know, to take us back to development programs. Uh, that's kind of kind of what Belichick was in the NFL, you know, with his ability to identify talent, um, some pretty bold strategy when it came to free agency, uh, the draft in particular, like, and the, and the, the key thing about this, and we see this at all levels of football, um, i.e. Jimbo Fisher, Jameis Winston at Florida state, when a guy has a singular quarterback, uh, if you, if you do it right, you can be really, really good. Um, and in the NFL, you know, where that quarterback doesn't graduate, well, that's what we saw essentially in New England. You had a quarterback was just – it was done. You, you had one of the greatest of all time. That's great. Um, and then when you when you add the development pieces around it and, and a good football mind, I mean, Belichick is, is fanatical about the sport. Um, so it, it gets interesting when you look at one of those teams that's, that's kind of already there in like a Dallas or a Buffalo – would would Belichick be the difference or does he need more time than that? Like, it, you know, I don't know. I, I don't follow, honestly, the NFL closely enough to know, like, what players felt about Belichick in terms of coming into the locker room. Like, oh, yeah, we really wanted to play for this guy. I mean, he's very like we know his demeanor. Um, Harbaugh is that like that's kind of what I think the, the book on Harbaugh was as an NFL coach. And then with what we've seen. Well, we saw it at all of his stops. That's, he's kind of the guy. He like he comes in and he he gets people together. And the amazing thing about him is he's been able to do it at both the college and the NFL levels, um, which is which is a much different challenge. I don't know if Belichick's that guy. Um, so it, it does kind of make him an odd fit for for a, a league that where where the trend is obviously to to kind of younger head coaches, and, unless you're really well established. All right, Brandon, we'll get you out on this. Gary Sharp standing by in the green room. In two weeks, who are we going to be talking about playing in the Super Bowl? Hmm. Um, we'll, we'll burn the tape if you're wrong. It's no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't 
other than the a like i think i think the chiefs are gonna i think the chiefs are gonna make it um mm. the, the 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 harbaugh the harbaugh narrative ends here the, the harbaugh family <laughs> narrative yeah. names here it's here nfc I, I honestly i don't have a lead um so i'll lock in one mm. tell me about counter read counter read.com what goodness you're putting out each week yeah, uh, so twice weekly newsletter from my, myself and Aaron Sorensen. Um, do a couple of free things each week. A lot of the things that we we talk about on this show each week is, is kind of the the weird stuff I get up to over there. Attrition rate, national title odds, and what they can tell us about the Big Ten right now. Um, we'll start getting some initial power rankings, which uh, as a nerd I'm, I'm very excited about because because once we have power rankings. Now we can take those. We can come up with point spreads, which we can translate to implied win probabilities. We can start setting win totals for, for any team in the country that we that we want to. And then then we'll really have some 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 stuff to talk about. Where do you think Nebraska's win total sets starts twenty twenty four? Seven. Yeah, that's what I would say. That's what I would say. I think, I, I think seven from the, from those national title odds. Nebraska does get to play Rutgers, Purdue, Indiana. Those are three of the lowest four. Hmm. <laughs> There's three of the seven. Okay. You, you, UTEP's going down. That's four. You say seven. Yep. <laughs> you, you say seven. I, North, I feel like Northern always, Iowa. There's always They're inflated lines. Can, can we talk five. about that? There's always inflated lines for Nebraska. So you guys say seven. So seven probably means eight because Vegas knows they'll make money off of Husker fans, right? <sighs> um, I mean, I do think. I, this certainly was the case in the past. I do think Nebraska is still a quote unquote public team and that they, they know they'll get, they'll get a good handle on, on most Nebraska, most Nebraska prop bets. Um, so yeah, it just depends on, then it becomes a matter of odds. Do you want to put it at seven and, you know, have plus money on the over, you want to put it at eight and have have plus money on the under, um, it's a moving target. Yep. Love it. Vogue, you take care and appreciate you jumping in this morning. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.